The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation and production. Visit our website, cspn.us, for more episodes of Classic Team Up. Bye week, grind our week, nitty bog, everybody. Hello and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Classic Team Up. I'm the host with the most, you know me, or in case you don't, my name's right there in the show title. You can call me Classic, a.k.a. the Black Danny Rand, a.k.a. the Iron Black Power Fist. And of course, I am back with another Team Up, but I'm not alone. In fact, this is a very special edition because you're not going to hear that much of me, but you will hear enough of, of my co-host, the lovely, the talented, the wonderful Miss Amber. Welcome back, Miss Amber. How are you? Hey everybody, what's going on? This is the hardworking, laziest co-host ever in life. Um, I am here another week with uh, Classic. Why am I I was trying to, I was trying to flow through this intro, and y'all are just laughing, and I don't have time. It's, to it's, anyway, oxymoron. It's like hardworking, laziest, but you know, I guess you could say that's true because you both. Yeah, laziest, hardworking co-host ever in life. Yes, that is me. Um, <laughs> they cancel each other out, so you just, you know. You just do it just enough. Right. I'm, I'm just in the middle. Anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I am back another week. We are back another week. And yeah, we are. I am very, very excited. Very, very excited. Uh, why are we excited, Classic? Uh, we're excited because we've got a special guest. Um, this, when I asked you to be a co-host, uh, I wanted to kind of get you integrated early into the show and of course we've had some great guests we talked had some great conversation but i said hey for this week's show i ain't got nobody in mind why don't you pick a guest why don't you bring you know this person on and uh you know from what you told me uh you know she's very exciting very experienced in fact why don't you handle the intro for her? i want to make sure that she's being done justice but we do have a special guest this week amber absolutely we do so um i am very very pleased to announce our special guest this week she is a, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, she has many, many lambs across the world. Uh, <laughs> she is a legend. She's a Don. She's a mogul. She's an icon. She's Christy Walker, everybody. Hi, Christy. Hi, Amber. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm a girl, Amber. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm glad to have you on the team up as well. Um, I, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, all about, in fact, our audiences as well, for those that might not know uh, about you. Uh, I think we, we're going to learn a lot about you, about your connection with Amber, and the many great things you guys have been doing uh, as far as being musicians and uh, being in the marching band. Uh, so looking forward to it. Glad to have you on. Absolutely. Uh, so if, if anybody has had any type of conversation with me, whether it had been five minutes or five years, you know that most of the topics that I talk about is marching band. Um, it's been one of the things that has influenced my life greatly. Um, I have met many great people, um, networked with a lot of folks, traveled, laughed, cried, fought, whatever it is you can possibly think of. Um, Chrissy, I'm pretty sure that you can say the, the same for yourself as well. You know, you pretty much major stamp in the marching band world especially the hbcu marching band world with everything that you have accomplished from the very start of your career up until now you know so we're we're definitely going to get into that uh so first um we're going to talk a little bit about your background who you are you know your mom and them 
uh, basically. So we actually have a lot more in common than, you know, people would know. Like, we're both from Virginia, which is dope. Yeah, I'm originally from Hampton, Virginia. Um, so if you saw the movie Hidden Figures, I grew up in it. I read the book, and I have it on audiobook, so I listen to the book now. Um, I grew up in Hampton less than five minutes to from um, Langley Air Force Base and the NASA Langley Research Center where that movie took place. Um, it was very, very fascinating to see that movie because the references and even just the mention of some of the locations. It was kind of like a love letter to my hometown. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm from. Lived there for, um, you know, for most all of my growing up um, and until I went to college, to undergrad, um, and then came back to Virginia. But we'll get, we'll, I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, Hampton is my hometown. I consider it my hometown. So, yeah, there, there it goes. Okay, yeah, so shout out to the uh, 757. There have been a lot of uh, great people coming from coming from that area. Uh, so it, it's, very, it's very important to know that, you know, all of these iconic things that have happened in, in history have happened pretty much in your own backyard. And for somebody to grow up there or to kind of witness it, that's really awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, so... You're from Virginia, and from there, did you go straight to North Carolina after you after you graduated? Which high school did you go to out there? So I went to Bethel High School, and actually, I was um, I was in high school with Allen Iverson, and so my senior year of high school, we won like state football, state basketball because he played football too. People may not know that. Um, so that was an exciting senior year. So I went to Bethel High School, and then when I graduated. I went to North Carolina A&T, where I marched in the band. I was a chemical engineering major. And, yeah, lots of lots of stuff went down in college. You know how that goes. Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, from, um, so from what years did you, did you go to A&T? Like, what, what was the experience like uh, when you went? Because it was, like, what, early, late, what, what era? Well, I, I went in 93. So that was my first year. It was 93, and I graduated in 97. took me four and a half years. <laughs> um, I needed an semester, so, <laughs> you know, I graduated in the fall. But um, what was it like? A&T was a much different school than what it is. Now, I mean, you know, there's, you know how it is with schools. They evolve. Some things change. Some things remain the same. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, it was just really, really, <laughs> I guess it was different than, you know, a, a freshman that was that would be starting this year. Like, but one, I'll tell you that you know, back in A and C, we didn't have air conditioning in the in the hall. Let me tell you, because <laughs> I, 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 I went to Virginia State. I think ninety three. We're about the same age, so I went. I was yeah. ninety three at Virginia State, um, and that was the same. Yeah, no AC. Did y'all have co-ed dorms yet? Heck no. And you know what? It's because. I just find it. Fu- I just find it funny how <laughs> I was going down the 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 YouTube wormhole and I saw this video of a young lady at A and T and she was giving advice to students who were like in high school about to apply, like the do's and don'ts, or you know, kind of like what it's like your first year and blah blah blah. And I think she was an upperclassman, and she was like, she said something to the effect of. Yeah, you know, um, you want to stay in a in a co-ed dorm. You know, I mean, I just couldn't imagine staying in, you know, a single-sex dorm. And I was I was seriously rolling my eyes at that. I was like, seriously? 
Seriously. I oh, remember, that, yeah. I remember having this. I remember when we introduced co-ed visitation on a campus and it was like oh, the, yeah. man, the man can only come into the lobby or like you had to be escorted to, a, you know, a, a, a lady's room or vice versa. And you had certain hours and you had to yes. yell out. They had to yell out man in the hall. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, it hurt my soul so mm. much. When you said that. I was like, really? Okay, but anyway, um, another no no AC chronicle I had. I, you could have air conditioning, but you didn't. But you had to have a doctor's note for it. And like people, you know, people might have had family members that were doctors, or they got the hookup or something. And I was so jealous of those people. So you know, I was in the band. It was think about it, August, early September. It's still hot outside. You're sweating, mm. you're it, and you know, I would come. Sometimes I would come in. I would have to keep like my skin cream, like my Noxzema or, you know, like my face face cream, I'd have to keep it in my refrigerator because if I was to come back and try to use it, it was so hot that it would melt and it would be like liquefied. Oh, sorry, I have PTSD. PTSD. Oh, my, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Yeah, when they talk about, yeah, well, long story short, A&T has changed. But some of the stuff has, has remained the same. So, you know, my, my, time, my time at A&T, I would say, now looking, you know, on the other side of it, looking back, there were very good things about it. Um, I was very, I had a very stressful major. My major was very difficult. And um, knowing then what I know now, I probably should have gone back and changed it. But um, being an engineering student, it's hard. It's, it's just hard. And so I feel like if I had changed my major, I, I wouldn't be as, I, I wouldn't have been as, under much stress than I feel like I was when I was at A&T. But, I mean, marching band was cool. Um, I don't feel like I met a lot of friends and people who I still keep in contact with and all that's good. But, you know, there are people that have met their life, lifelong BFFs, bridesmaids and attendants in their wedding. Some people have met their spouse. And, I mean, my parents actually met when they were in the band. So, you know, I get that, but it's I think I surprise a lot of people when I tell them that, like, I don't think my best friends in college were in the band. They definitely weren't. I mean, they were the ones that were in my major. We were we were the ones that were, you know, out studying until, you know, old dark 30 and, you know, getting, getting these study groups done and getting these projects done. Like, those are probably my best friends in college. I definitely understand. You know, there are a lot of people that um, I can say that I probably have met some of my closest friends outside of my own program outside of my own school you know mm-hmm. and, and i and i can still attest to that to this day so i almost definitely understand so uh let's talk a little bit more about um <laughs> your career as far as the band world is concerned because most people do my talk about career, career. career career no yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna do uh we're gonna do both um, okay. So since we're you know talking about uh, band and A and T, um, can you divulge a little bit more about that? Um, how the program is you know different, you know ver- like then versus now. Um, you know, A and T, the Blue and Gold Marching Machine. Uh, shout out to them is definitely one of the the heavy hitters as far as the band world is concerned. You know, they're they're known, they're respected. Um, so what what was your experience? being in the band versus uh, being an alumni, how has that affected you? Well, um, so just to give you a little bit of background, my parents did meet in A&T's band. So, like, I, both my parents were the A&T. They met in the band. My mother was a music major. My father was band president. Um, they both still marched in the alumni band. So, the, so A&T's alumni band was founded in 
1976. They are one, two, I mean, they're two of three, I think, remaining people who have marched in the alumni band ever since. Like, wow. Have- the year since 1976 so with that being said I kind of feel like I had a lot to live up to I don't think my parents really imposed like they weren't forced for anything like that but I did feel like well wow you know because they growing up I'd already seen them and you know it was like okay I'm going to march in this band and I, I did not have the experience that my parents had in the band now I love the band but I just didn't have that same experience um Marching in a band for me, it was cool. I, I love music, um, and it's something that I wanted to do, and I enjoyed my time in the band. I enjoyed practicing and, you know, going on trips and, you know, performing. And I, I loved all that stuff. Um, I think, I would think that it's not that much different now than what it was back then. I just feel like now it's more, that it's more, I guess students have more, they have more resources. Like, okay, I'm going to just give you an example. Like, we in the band, we would get the shirt at the end of the season, the loyalty shirt. It was a gold shirt with our logo on it. It had loyalty and big letters on the top. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you had to earn this loyalty shirt. It's kind of like, you know, you don't really, you, you know, you don't get it until you complete the year, you know. Um, now they have, like, anti-warm-up suits. I mean, March, I'm sorry, Blue and Gold March Machine, of course, anti. But Blue and Gold March Machine, warm-up suits and jackets and that. And I'm like, I didn't get any of this paraphernalia when I was in school. You know, I was I was lucky Um So I feel like they have, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they have And plus a big difference is, like, the director that, the director that my parents had was different than the director that I had, which who is the, different to, from the director that's there now. So whenever you have um, somebody come in, you know, they're going to put their own spin on the program as, as the person that's in charge. So, I mean, that, I, those are just the big things that I see. But, I mean, there were a lot of engineering students when I was marching. There's a lot of engineering students in the band now. You know, there's, there's a lot of, of similarities. Okay, and I definitely uh, appreciate your feedback on that um, because it is a agricultural and technical state university. So, of course, there are going to be engineering majors everywhere. You know, it it's it may surprise a lot of people that um, that folks that are in these extra extracurricular activities have majors that are not music. Like, I'm, a lot of people are there, you know, just kind of doing uh, music in some sort of form as a pastime. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have other endeavors and they have, you know, other intentions and band and music is just something, you know, to do the the love and the dedication and the loyalty uh, is still there. You know, their focus as far as their career is concerned is just on another path. Mm-hmm. Speaking of another path, you did not end up uh, going into the same career as your degree, correct? Yeah. Well, I, I did at the beginning. So okay. Graduated, so my major was chemical engineering. My first job out of college, I was a chemist. I actually worked as a chemist for three years. It was like an environmental chemist. Um, so I would still say, even though it's not engineering, it's still in that same realm. And then I got a job as an engineer, um, kind of like an entry level coatings engineer. So I worked for a company. Um, by that time, I had moved back to Virginia, so this was a company that was kind of close to Norfolk Naval Base. And so we would, this is pre-9-11, so we would get, we would be able to get on the um, the ships and the aircraft carriers, and we did, like, testings on the, the coatings and things like that. Um, and then I ended up being laid off. Um, 
and I had considered going to get my master's in like an MBA or something. I don't even know why I was considering that because I don't feel like I have any real interest in business, that kind of thing. But I had started studying towards that. And then ironically, a guy that I met, a friend who was like a, a brother to me, who I met at the at the corner at the end of the game, <laughs> he actually taught math at Norfolk State. And so he was like, well, Christy, you know, we need um, people to teach chemistry there. And I said, well, you know, I don't want my master's or, you know, doctorate in that. I mean, I barely got my bachelor's. <laughs> um, and he was, and she was like, well, you know, your experience could count and you could teach labs. So long story short, I ended up teaching chemistry at Norfolk State. And I did that for two years. And I really, I know, I know, I know. I, you know, I know the big state, little state deal I, I understand that but hey, y'all can't see my face but it is one of disapproval but go ahead okay, okay well it paid disapproval paid my bill so facts get get your coin yeah get my coin <laughs> i taught there for two years realized that i, I like working with college students and my that that time you know my my website was up and running and so i was like oh i really like working with people this age i knew i didn't want to be a school teacher because my mom was one and i was like these kids you know what they're not gonna have my blood pressure up so anyway i said i like working with young adults so i went back to school got my master's in education and then that's where my that's where my career has been like for the for the rest of the time so i've been in, in higher ed since oh man it's about 15 years so yeah. wow really that's amazing that is really amazing, you know. Um, so speaking of website and speaking of, you know, young adults, young students, uh, band programs, band season is finally here again. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I can breathe again, I swear. Um, yeah. So uh, according to your, uh, your countdowns, band season is here, and it officially uh-huh. got here on Saturday, and it started mm-hmm. off – uh, with the kickoff of Queen City Ballad of Bands that was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. You were there this weekend. Oh, yes. I was there. In fact, I um, we did a turnaround. So I had some buddies that um, came from D.C. From DC. So they drove from D.C. area to my house in, in Durham and then scooped me up. And then we went down there to Charlotte, went to the Ballad of Bands, and came back to Durham. Um, and then they stayed at my house overnight and then they left, um, like in the afternoon. So I didn't, I, you know, I got back in my house. Um, I want to say last night, but it's actually technically today because it was like three in the morning. Um, when I got back and I was like, you know what? I'm too old for this. I can't. <laughs> 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 this is, that's what is the best invention ever? I don't want to like go off topic, but the day party. Is the best invention ever because you can get your party on and you can be in the bed at a decent time. <laughs> yep, day party, day drinking. Uh, yes. It's always yes. good. Yeah, ain't I'm here for it. I'm here wor- for it. Worst thing is drinking at night and then you're like, well, I got to go home, but I want to leave the car here. So you day drink. Boom. By the time you sober up, it's still daylight outside and it's like, yes. exactly. You know? Yes. Yes. Curl so, up in bed at nighttime with the crickets. You know, you have to worry about all that. Exactly. Uh, so with your body. 3 a.m. was not the business. It was not the business. I've been basically sleeping all day. <laughs> Just got up good for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And isn't that kind of the uh, the thing that we do, like, as, as band members or alumni? You know, we, we already know what kind of turnaround trip this is going to be because we all know about your, your Honda Battle of the Band turnaround trip. So you are absolutely famous. 
yeah. for those. And I do not hate on you one bit. It's like, I'm going, I'm going down there, have me some fun, grab me some popcorn and shrimp, and then I'm going back home. So I've already bought my ticket for the Honda Battle of the Bands in January because have you already got them. Yes, and so my plan is to fly out at like seven a.m. that morning. I get to Atlanta like nine ish, and then I go to the Battle of the Bands, and I, there's a flight that leaves Atlanta at like ten thirty, and I'll be at home like midnight, and I get to sleep in my own bed. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Now, mind you, Classic, she does this every year without fail. So from the time she touches down until the time that it is time to go back to Atlanta Hartsfield, you have that window period to see her in January at the Battle of the Bands. And if you do not, bitch, good luck. (laughs) Because that is all the time. She is reclaiming her time. When it comes to bad little bands. <laughs> so I like that it becomes like an annual thing. Like, you know, some people like they just go to homecoming or something and they go to like the fall classic or whatever. It's like you got that's on your calendar each and every year. I'm like, that's dope. That's, I like that dedication. And it's okay, so let, me tell you, let me tell you how that started with me. Ironically, it was going to Atlanta to see a, a battle of the bands. Well, no, it wasn't a battle of the bands. It was a regular game, but, you know, they stayed back for the fifth between Norfolk State and Morris Brown. And it was and I won. Listen, listen, check this. It was like two to three weeks after 9-11. So people were scared to fly. And so in order to like boost the travel industry again, um, I think Delta had this ridiculously, you could go anywhere in the continental U.S. for $35 one way. And so... That's when I bought my ticket to that game. Because I was like, I'm going to that game, and I'm going to fly back. I flew out that morning. I flew back that night. Actually, members of Norfolk State's football team were on that flight. Like, and from then on, I was, I was sold. I was sold. And ironically, your birthday is on 9-11, is it not? Yeah, it is. And my father's birthday is on 9-11, too. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, yep. So. Uh, so if we're if we're talking about nine eleven, exactly, do y'all remember where you were? Because I I remember where I was. I was teaching in Norfolk State. I had I taught a lab. I taught a lab at nine o'clock that morning, and so when I'm walking in my office, I you know I didn't see anything or whatever. I was too busy trying to get ready for the lab. By the time my students were coming in, they were like one plane had gone down. I mean one plane had um, hit the building, and so I didn't think really anything of it. I thought it was a fluke kind of deal. And then by the time I don't know how I found out about the second plane hitting, but then I know that by the time my lab got out at like noon, I think school had closed. They closed wow. Gosh, I remember where I was. I was in ninth grade. I was in my earth science class. So that didn't Mm. Yeah, so the the lamb. <laughs> so speaking speaking of precious lambs, uh, you know we we've mentioned that a couple of times, um, and that basically ties into your career and how you know people kind of identify with uh, what it is that you do. So can you describe that to us? Sure. Um, I'm a director of career services at a community college. And so before that, 
I had worked at UNC Chapel Hill, go, go heels, go heels, um, for nine years in different capacities. And okay. some of the, and before that, even before that, I had worked at James Madison University, go Dukes. So, um, in, in my encounters with these students, <laughs> when someone starts to frustrate me just a little bit, in order to like not call them <laughs> Demon Spawn, <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you precious lambs. You precious lambs. I mean, I just think of like a grandmother calling, oh, look at you, you little precious lamb. Like, I kind of think of it like that. And so it's kind of like that bless your heart thing when, you know, depending on the context, depending on the way you say it, precious lamb could really, I mean, um, um, Bless your heart could mean a compliment for real, or it could, you know, you don't know what it means. It could mean something snide. Yeah. That's how you press this lamb. Yeah. As as somebody that's been called, you know, so many things over the years, it's like when someone uses that term endearment with you, you're you're thinking, you know, don't matter how bad I I am or how, like, you know, kind of messed up I've been, this person really cares about me. Like, no, they're just trying to make sure that you know they don't want to call you something that's going to get get your parents on the phone or something so just take take it and keep it moving i like the fact that you you know do yourself to these students i know sometimes they drive you up the wall uh kids are terrible so that's great yeah yeah like the the statuses that she puts up you know on a, a regular basis especially like right around this time that uh that school is kicked in especially for college students you know it's like you know, it's, it's time for the lambs, you know, the silence of the lambs or there, there have been so many, maybe few sentence scenarios that she will put up on her status about what she dealt with, with the lamb that day. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, every time I say that I've seen it all, I get something crazier. So I don't want to say that I've seen it all. <laughs> right. The universe is like, hold my beer. I've seen a lot. That's definitely hilarious. Um, and it, it's even funnier. You know, now it's going to be even funnier that you you know her and you hear her voice and you know her name. Um, so especially when it comes to these these kids, you know, they just get younger and younger. Listen to me, I'm 30. I'm saying these kids. Jesus Christ. But, um, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're talking about uh, you know, career, you know, we're talking about things that have been, you know, that you've been recognized for, which brings us to uh, the iconic forum website that you have entitled uh, The Fifth Quarter. You are a co-founder of that website, correct? Yes, I'm a co-founder. Um, it's been active since 1999. So we're getting close to 20 years here, so... I don't know what the future holds, but I mean, we're almost, we're knocking on the, the big 2 old door. Um, so, you know, the, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that a lot. I've met a lot of friends. I mean, I probably would not have met Amber if I, you know, that's probably how I met you and dozens of people. And that's why, you know, I can go to a battle of the bands like I did the other day and just pick it and have fun and see my people. Amber, you should have been there. You should have been there. Everybody was there. A lot of people were there. I know, I know, but I had to work. I had to get these coins. Yeah, okay, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, so for people who do not know, what is a fifth quarter? Well, a fifth quarter is, so, you know, in a football game, you have four quarters. And so after the end of the game, 
bands at black colleges would stay back after the game and kind of have like a ballad of bands in the stands. And it was starting to be referred to as the fifth quarter. So that's where the term comes from. So, you know, at the end of the game, bands will be playing, you know, back and forth. Like one band will play one song and the other band will try to answer them and, you know, try to out, outdo back and forth. And that's that's where it came. Um, and then, uh, then you have your band heads, which are people like myself and Amber, who, you know, we stay just so we can watch the band battles. And, you know, we'll be the people that's out on the field. Um during the fifth quarter, standing in between the the two bands, so we can get like the most optimal sound, you know. So we can, we, you know, we'll stand out there equal distance, so we can get an unbiased view. So when we hear songs and we make our decision on who did better, we can say, well, you know, so it can be more fair. It can be more fair and equitable. That's dope. See, the party don't start when the game is over. I, I remember mm-hmm. going to some of them games uh, on PSU's campus and, like, you know, waiting afterward because, you know, our band would go up against, like, another band or something, you know. There's usually no contest with the, with the Trojan Explosion, but still, all the same is, like, that. those are fun, fun experiences. Um, now, now, going back to the fifth quarter and, like, starting the uh, message board of the site in 99, of course, technology was a lot different back then. What? Yeah. What got you started? To, what, well, first off, what made you start a, a website and mm-hmm. what message board and like what technology was at your disposal? Like, how did it come to be that you were like, like, were you digging deep into like all these different like, uh, uh, you know, codings? Did you have to do HTML or anything else? Like, you know, I'm just curious how that worked, how that went down. Well, I learned a bit, a little bit of HTML in college. So I would go on there and make, and this was like the end of my college run, not the beginning of my college years. Um, and so I would just go and fool around and like play, like I think it was Angel Fire or some site where I never throw back. Is there a throwback? I know. I was waiting for one of those names to pop up because I know them so well. You know, yeah, like an Angel Fire site. GeoCities. <laughs> GeoCities. Yeah, that's another one. Um, and so I would go in there and kind of learn. I taught myself really HTML, beginning HTML, like no tables, no fancy, fancy fancy stuff, you know. But anyway, so let me tell you about how the fifth got started. So in 1998, um, there was a fight, a physical fight between the bands at um, Prairie View A&M and Southern University. There was an actual physical fight between those two bands. And... Thank God we, there was no YouTube back then. It would definitely have gone viral or, you know, the world star, whatever. So, anyway, that was a big to-do. It did get national press. And there was a man, I'm forgetting his name, but he was a columnist on Sports Illustrated, for Sports Illustrated. And I always grew up reading, like, Sports Illustrated magazine. So, I read the article, and he, he, he it was, like, an um, opinion, opinion piece. And... He was like, you know, I don't know why these bands are, he's just very disparaging of black college bands and saying that these bands fighting, I think it's the dumbest thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking to myself, but see, you don't understand. You don't understand what our black college band culture is like. And I was thinking, there's got to be somebody out there who understands I know I can't be the only one. It's got to be a place where we can go online to talk about these things. And I looked around and I didn't really see that there was um there were a whole bunch of sites or anything. I mean, there was um my buddy um 
my buddy Gerard Howard, who runs a site called Marching Sport now, he had a he had a message board, but it was affiliated with Jackson State's band, so it was like one band's um, message board. And so I was like, well, there's got to be a place where all of us as Black college band members can go and congregate. And so I ended up using like it might have even been a GeoCities account um, to create, you know, kind of like my own little fun page or whatever. And I started advertising it and students started coming and posting and, you know, making it active. Well, I wanted my own URL because to me, that was like the difference between renting versus buying. Like I want to, I want to have some control and I want to be able to, you know, do what I want to do without, you know, somebody else's site housing it. And so I started looking, I knew I wanted to come to the fifth quarter. I started looking around for URLs. And so like I typed in the number five th quarter.com. And somebody had bought it. And so I ended up buying the fthcore.com. And so that person, I, I, I knew that I, I was like, well, who owns this? The fifth quarter.com, the number five thquarter.com. I was like, it's got to be banned. So I looked it up and it was owned by this guy named Mike Lee. And so I contacted him and I was like, you know, I'm doing this website called the fifth quarter. And, you know, I see you got that URL. Can we, can we team up together? And <laughs> we ended up teaming up together and he's become like one of my best friends. Like he's, he's somebody that I consider definitely as a brother, as a family member. Um, and I mean, I've, I've known him ever since then. And we basically combined to, to found, you know, to, to create the fifth quarter as we know it. Um, I did some brief coding. Um, Mike, have Mike, he he worked in computer industry. He worked at IBM, so he he did he did some stuff. I did some stuff. You know, he's very much like kind of like the one that would be on the back end. I would be on the front end, um, and so that's that's how that that's how that came to be. And we we went live on January nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. So that's that's basically the story. Now, let me wow. one one little thing to add to that. Um, people may not know this, but I, the first time I met Mike face to face. Like we were in each other in each other's presence was like around nine months after we started to score. So we had just known each other online from then. And he had marched he had marched to Alabama A and M. He was a drum major, you know, he's KK Psy, like, you know, so he's definitely a band head, so that's good that he was a bandhead and like you know um he wasn't like a cyber squad or something because it would be like well all right you want this site um you know run me like however much, you know two hundred dollars or something like that for the right. site and then you would have just been stuck, stuck there with a url and nothing else thinking to do that then i don't even know no, yeah yeah it wasn't uh, that wasn't a big thing back then it was just like you you had a site and you know either you did something with it or you didn't but now it's like if you try to you know pull up a site or something it's owned by it's owned by somebody, and they're like, "Well, I, um, I'll part with it, but uh, you know, run me this much money." You're like, "Nah, Cyber Squad, or I'll just come up with something else." Right. Uh, you know, you end up putting a K in your name or something else like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the other classic material, but that's that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, that I, I appreciate that story, and I appreciate that you brought up all that old technology too. Uh, that you know, yeah. it kind of takes me back to right. Yeah. Uh, I used to, I think at state in the computer lab because I wasn't even a computer major, by mind you, I was I think I was a psych major, but I used to like craft and like with HTML, like tripod and GeoCities pages for people. You know, like oh, I could code this for you. And I was, uh-huh. Yeah, I did that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you come in like how you make that page play that music? Well, you know, it's it's a it's a href code or something, or it's an autoplay, uh, HTML, whatever. And you know, you start getting into that, 
it was fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you took that and made it into something, you know, that's long lasting, long standing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a community. So it's very impressive. Thank you. Uh, so that is actually very impressive. So, Christy, I do have a question. Um, being that there are uh, two co-founders, I know you had said something about, you know, uh, Mike had stayed on the back end of it and you stayed on the front. How did you end up, um, I guess this may be my perspective, but how did you end up becoming the face or the name behind the fifth quarter? Um, well, I know that I was on the boards being a little more social than he was. Not to say that he's not a social person, because um, he is. Like he's actually the chair of the school board in in the, in in our home, our where we live. Because I ended up moving to Safe City, and he lived. Um, and so, like, he's chair of the school board. So he's you know he's definitely a social guy. But as far as like socializing on the site, I was probably well. I know that I was more public than him and so I think it kind of came from that but I mean he's always acknowledged I've always acknowledged him and you know he everybody knows what people most people know that it's not just me even though I might be the face of it yeah that's definitely understood so if we can talk a little bit about uh the fifth quarter and how iconic it has been as far as uh the HBCU band world is concerned um it's definitely been a staple in, you know, in our world, in our community. Um, and it's basically the place that people run to. It's almost like a, a as much as I don't want to use this term for it, it's a safe space. Basically, uh, the way that you uh, talked about its uh, its development was pretty much a safe space for, for us, for this community. Like, hey, where can we go to talk about our experiences in only the way that we know how? You know, and so this uh, this website and this forum came to life, and so you have every single conference uh, as far as HBC- HBCUs are concerned. From you know CIAA, you have the SWAC, you have uh, SEAC, and you know MEAC, and all these you know all these conferences are basically under one roof, and we all have one common goal and one common purpose. And I think that's beautiful. Um, there are definitely politics that go. Um, and just about everything from the good to the bad to the downright ugly. And I know you have seen it all. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there are people, you know, that would run to the fifth to, you know, kind of see what's been going on, who's doing what, who's beefing up, who, you know, who's doing anything as far as anything is concerned, you know come Thursday, Friday, message boards would be flooded with different topics. You know, Saturday, you know, Saturday came and it was pretty much, you know, kill switch engage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Saturday night or Sunday morning, Monday morning, even, uh, you know, message boards would be lighting up again and rinse and repeat after each week mm-hmm. until, um, a lot of the, the big games or the bigger games would come on later in the season. Um, speaking of which, who, you know, it's, it's 2017. I know, you know, programs are definitely different. Um, mm-hmm. Some have changed for the better. Some have changed for the worse. And then there are some like, I, I don't know her. Um, but who are you, who are you looking forward to seeing um, this, this season? I know Honda predictions are entirely way too early, so I'm not even going to ask about those. Yeah, yeah. How many predictions are too early? I mean, quite a, way too early. 
quite a quite a quite a few of the bands I got to see this weekend. Like I really was checking for Tennessee State um, because in the last I'm gonna say three or four years they have really been on the cover. I mean they always were a good band. I always respected them. You know, um, yeah. So I was looking forward to them, um, and I got to see them yesterday. Um, let's see. Um, of course, I'm always looking forward to seeing my alma mater. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Morgan State um, to see, because they had a really good year last year. So I want to see if they can keep that momentum um, that they had. Uh, let's see who else. I, I always like Southern, so I'm looking forward to seeing um, what you know they're bringing to the table. Let's see. <laughs> Really, those are the ones that are just popping in my head right now. But, you know, I always love to see a good battle of bands. So, I mean, it could be between two schools that, you know, I was just kind of like okay with. But if it's a good battle, I, I want to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being that uh, I am I am a Trojan and I was a part of the Trojan Explosion, I am definitely happy to see that the Labor Day Classic with us in Norfolk State is back into effect. If I can get the time off to go, I most definitely will be in the building. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see um, what my folks have to bring as well as Norfolk. Since there has been a lot of change in power over you know the past couple of years with my program and theirs as well as others you know there have been a lot of um, people who have gone to different programs who've taken over programs you know some of our own peers who we've seen mm-hmm. come up in the ranks as far as you know marching band world is, is concerned and now they are at the head of their own programs and i'm very proud Black of those Taylor. people exactly mm-hmm. you know so um yeah it's it's very interesting to see, and you know, you would never think at one point in time you were standing next to or around somebody that has climbed up in the ranks the way that they have, and now they're at the forefront of these programs, and they're doing so much with them, they're doing so much good, and you know, your mindset, I know my mindset was never, you know, thinking about anybody's future, you were just kind of thinking about right now, and now that mm-hmm. you see these people who have... um developed into you know coming to their own and develop these programs and help them and done so much with them whether they've been on staff whether they've been support staff um you know alumni you know whether they graduated or not um you know it's it's absolutely wonderful to see um uh, it's it's absolutely wonderful so i know that the most recent thing that came out was uh the change of power at uh hampton university Oh, <laughs> yes. So Thomas Jones is now the head director at Hampton University, which is just so funny to me because I remember him as an undergrad. Um, I didn't go to college with him, but I remember him on my website as an undergrad. And uh, boy, <laughs> <laughs> so now that he's like the director of not only, you know, a, a, a black college band, but his alma mater because he got his you know, his bachelor's from Hampton. Um, man, I've mm-hmm. really been in this game a long time. <laughs> I've been in this game a long time. Because I'm just thinking of people like Thomas and like, um, like Caleb, who, did you march with him? Yeah, okay. Yes, I did. I think I came, I came with, Cam- no, I didn't come with Caleb, I'm sorry. I came under Caleb, I think, three or four years after his arrival, because I came in 2005 and I know he came 
um, previously previously uh, into the Trojans position at Virginia State. So, you know, seeing him, uh, Herbert Wynn, um, Antoine Gardner at Norfolk. Um, Kill me. Kill me, man. Gosh. Uh, Tamisha. Tamisha. Tamisha uh, oh, my gosh. You know. You know, and I, I'm so very, so very proud of Tamisha because, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name wrong because I've known you long enough to know what it actually is. Um, is she, she's actually made history from doing this. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I'm sitting here. She's, oh my gosh. Um, you know, she's a part of, um, she's uh, Sigma Gamma Rose. She's mm-hmm. Tom Bennett Sigma. She's, uh, she's an SAI. Yep. You know, so and I think those are kind of some firsts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I want to say she's the first uh, female band director at Clark Atlanta University. Is that yeah. true? Definitely at Clark, yeah. She's not the wow. first period. She's probably like, oh, okay, let me let me think. So there's Reeves. There's Faisha uh, Tony. There's, there's like four. There's the lady at Lincoln. I don't know her personally, but her, and then there's Tanisha. Tanisha, I'm sorry, Tanisha. I think there's like four, four or five. Wow. Yeah, wow. And oh, and Robert this Reeves. is. She's not band director anymore, but she, well, not at a college, but she was, and she was. So it's like four or five. Wow. I want to say that's amazing because you guys talk are talking about all these schools and their alumni and how much pride you have in them. Um, something like the fifth quarter and, you know, people that are in bands that have been going to the site for so many years. And now they are considered kind of I mean, I guess you could consider them alumni as well because you see what they're doing and developing. And as you get into like celebrating your 20th, I think that's a huge accomplishment to kind of look back on and say, look, you know, all these people came up through our site in our forum uh you know it's kind of a sense of pride that you you must have for that um you know because it, I, I think that's the thing with hbcu community is anything servicing that community you do feel a sense of like family um and pride for that you know th- it doesn't even matter if it's like your school or another school because yeah. we all kind of come up together the same way and you right. know so, so if someone does come up from like uh union or hampton or you know or maybe even Norfolk state it's like okay well you know that's hbcu that's what's up you know yeah. you know at least they 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 you know we have the similar experience as opposed to like a PWI where you're like, eh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that's that's something in common for real. I mean, you could I could I could meet you, you know, like we we just met here and I know yeah. that we have stuff in common just because you went to V State and I went to A and T. I mean, just just the black college experience. That makes us have things in common off the bat, which that's what I love. I love about that. So I just think that's fantastic. Um yeah. Um, um, hey, uh, Amber, I think, think now's a good time to, like, you know, maybe try to pay a bill or two. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. I actually have two jobs, so now I have more than enough money to pay bills. So, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> of course. Uh, let me hold something, Amber. <laughs> now um, of course uh, anyone listening knows uh, that you can find this podcast uh, exclusively on our website at cspn.us of course we're also available on uh, apple Podcasts slash itunes uh, apparently very podcast in color has been has told me that it should not be called itunes anymore it should be called apple podcasts uh, so you can also find us on stitcher smart radio tune in radio wherever fine podcasts can be found and of course the cspn provides those podcasts to you for the low low price of 399 
<laughs> absolutely free. But all you got to do is help us out a little bit. So we're not asking you to pay for podcasts because it's 2017. What are you paying for? But you can help us out by keeping our podcast free. Go to our website, cspn.us, and then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to our sponsors. And today's sponsor of choice is Audible Trial. If you like audiobooks and like to drive and listen to books or, you know, just like to listen to books when you work out or, uh, you know, whatever, uh, as you go into the fifth quarter.com, you want to listen to some audiobooks, uh, you know, do that. So go to Audible Trial through CSPN.us. You can uh, click on that uh, and you can download a book like you mentioned Hidden Figures earlier. They've actually got that book as an audiobook. You can listen to that for the full length feature and enjoy that while keeping our podcast free. You take a free trial through Audible. You do that through CSPN.us. helps keep our podcast free. Thank you very much for doing that. CSPN.us, keep our podcast free. Do it today. All right. All right. So That's now that ever. that bill is paid. Um, so the next uh, portion of our segment here, I think I got my NPR voice going on. Uh, shout out to <laughs> shout out to Jenkins Jones for the NPR voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm always shouting out other people's podcasts, but shout I always do it because they're so dope. You know, <laughs> like I, I honestly like it. It's oh my goodness, my commutes back and forth. Huh? Who's your favorite NPR voice? Do you have a favorite person? No, it's just something that I heard from them, and I'm like, oh no, that means actually, actually. Have to listen to NPR yeah. now. NPR is like the white quiet storm because they talk all silent, but it's not like intimate. They're just like, well, the next up on this, uh, next we're going yeah. to feature. But quiet storm is like, <laughs> oh my! So it's like the yeah. same voice except more bass because you know quiet storm is you know that's the R and B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So white quiet storm. That's what we're calling from now on. <laughs> white quiet storm. Shout out NPR. I don't know if I like that. Um. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Um, so we have a lot of things in common, Christy. Um, yes. So it, it's funny that I actually named the next uh, next part of the segment the Circle of Fifths. Um, basically, a play on words for those of you who are musicians. Uh, shout out to those who actually know the Circle of Fifths, because oh boy, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no shade. Um, Good old music theory, right? Because uh, I barely knew it. I'm just going to sit here and say it. So no shade, but shade, because I don't know it. Um, so basically, it's it's kind of like the, the six degrees of separation for every person that you know. They know, like, six other people in some sort of connection to you, whether you know them or not. It's basically the same thing as far as uh, the Black College marching band world is concerned. He's like, oh, you know, um, like, you know, Christy? Oh, yeah, from the uh, from the fifth quarter. So, yeah, yeah, you know, um, Warren and, 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 and Zach and Thomas yeah. and Roscoe and this, this. Like, yeah, I know them. <laughs> I saw them at uh, this, this, this game. They was at the fifth, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you going to the after party? Yeah, man. You, you know, it's that whole yeah. it's that whole thing, you know. So, if you know one person, that person knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. I totally and it, agree. it's just so, yeah, it's, it's hilarious about how people are connected in some way or another, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was say, that's, that's how you got stuff done back in the day before social media and the whole friend suggestions. Like, hey, why don't you follow yeah. this guy? It's like, nah, you know, uh, who you know that do this? Oh, yeah, I know. You know I know mm-hmm. a guy. That, I, I, I know a guy over there. You know, I know, you know, old girl over there. She know about that, too. And it's like, 
yeah, that that just kind of word of mouth for that community sense. That 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 that's a lot. That's that's kind of what we used to have back then. You know, I don't know these kids now. They 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 rely on Facebook or Instagram to tell them who to follow. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's 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 funny the way that our culture has become sort of well I, I wouldn't say has become is mainstream I it's kind of hit you know mainstream uh more recently with Jackson State um marching down the street basically in in parade block to get ready and it was featured uh on his Facebook page and you saw everybody just loving it and you know shout out to shout out to the shout out to the boom man they're they're great they're awesome and to see <laughs> all of these right, but you know uh-huh. there. say again i said they were kind of eh, last night but you know that's neither here nor there <laughs> well, <laughs> well you know i'm just saying uh well great program. They, are great program. they are it's like i'm, I'm gonna need y'all to keep that same energy but anyway yeah exactly. um, <laughs> and not play get ready three times in a single halftime show okay. i mean where did you do that at Apparently at Jackson State, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you see you see all these videos and these you know these memes of you know bands and from you know dance lines and things like that. It's it's absolutely hilarious to see some of the memes of of dance lines, like especially on on Twitter or you know Black Twitter or however how are they yeah. used, and the way that they're used, I'm just cracking up and yes. people may find it hilarious but for people like us we just die laughing like in tears yeah. at one little three second clip and it's just hilarity well the HBC, i feel like our our subculture it's 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 very small and so like everybody does know everybody it's a it's it's a small subculture and so there's it really the six degree of separation thing is more like like three i'm gonna say three or two degrees of separation really yeah you're exactly right about that <laughs> mm-hmm. um it, it's kind of like uh like the whole pass it forward thing mm-hmm, yeah you know, like this is me and i'm gonna help out three people and, you know they're gonna help out three people and they're gonna help out three people right you know you just kind of yeah it, it's definitely um an amazing thing to see, you know, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, or however, but it is most interesting to see how everybody is connected in some mm-hmm. sort of way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking speaking of connections, we also have another connection. We have a very, very major connection. Um, one that I actually I approached you in becoming a member of Sigma Alpha Yoda International Music Fraternity Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, so how did, Yes, how, I had to say the whole name. Yes, yes. There you yes, go. I yes. I, yes. I approached you. Because we had mutual friends like Warren Shaw, yes. Jeff Thompson. Hi Warren. Yes. Hi Jeff. <laughs> yes. My, <laughs> my peeps, my my boys. But um yeah, so you know, Amber and I are both members of Sigma Alpiota and that's music fraternity. And it's 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 a beautiful thing. And I was very yes. Amber becoming part of our sisterhood, and I'm currently um, I'm currently the chapter president. We have a, we have all these chapters, so I'm chapter president from now until 2018. And um, 
So, you know, it's a good thing. I've, I've been a member of SAI since 2004. Um, it's, it's been all good. It's been all good. It's a good organization. We do a lot of things in the community, music-wise. I mean, we put on, um, for example, we put on petting zoos where uh, kids can try gently loved music, um, use musical instruments and so they could try out the instruments and learn how to play them. Concerts and, you know, it's, it's Good times to be had. So I'm very proud to be a part of that organization, and I'm glad that Amber. So, yeah, absolutely. And we have uh, very notable members of our fraternity. Yes, we said fraternity. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. One that people will definitely know, uh, Sheila Johnson. She is a violinist and the co-founder of BET. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is Cheryl Crow, who yep. I've actually loved Cheryl Crow since I was little. So when I found that, I was like, <gasps> yes, yes. <laughs> also, uh, honorary, mm-hmm, honorary member, um, Marion Anderson, yes. you know, people who have made history, you know, saying it lightly, but history. And also, you um, know, Gloria Stefan, she was just made an honorary member. She was. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yes, and I did. I said the Ollie Carton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, National Arts Associates, Winter Marcellus. Yes. Uh, just the, the list really does go on and on. You said Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, 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 Renee Fleming. Renee Fleming, Denise Graves. She, yeah, she gave me, mm-hmm. yeah, she gave me my entire life. Yeah. I love she. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And the list definitely goes on and on um, about women who are serious about music, who are serious about their craft. Um, you know, for people who are musicians, whether they be uh, vocalists or instrumentalists, um, I'm also a, a poet. You know, so you have so many different, uh, so many different aspects of music and how it influences you. And we're all here for one purpose. And I think it's wonderful. You know, it, this was, for me, this was an eight-year journey um, mm-hmm. trying to be a part of this fraternity. And I, woo, child, I, I boo-hoo cried <laughs> when everything was fun. Oh, girl, I was a mess. Oh, man, I, I know that. Oh, I was a, oh, I was a hot mess. <laughs> you should have been there. I was a mess, honey. Um, I should have gone when you were you were initiated, but, you know. Something was going. Something was going on, but yeah, I know you called me, so I was glad to get that call to let me know. Yes. <laughs> <Or official>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hashtag whip training. Of, of, of our friendship. It, exactly. It definitely has been a, a major part, and we were we were cool. We were friends before this had even come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so and it was mostly, you know, kind of like what we were saying, you know, social media networking, because that was pretty much um, that's pretty much the way that people network had the main way. Mm-hmm. Should I think uh, should I say is through social media. So, you know, it was like, oh, wait, that's Christy from from the fifth. Yeah, let me add her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then <laughs> and, you know, just, just kind of so adding people. Friends. We have so many mutual friends. Exactly. Virginia State. I mean, I, well, not a lot, but I'd say I know a good a good number of people that were affiliated with with Virginia State's program, and you know they know people, and then I mean it, it really is like a small family. The Black House Band world, it really is. 
It absolutely is, you know. Um, the connections that people have had, people have made, you know, best friends, uh, networking partners, business partners, spouses, you know, they have kids. You know, it, the development that people have is absolutely amazing. From from the inside, it's almost inexplainable. Right. Unexplainable, inexplainable. Either way, it's like it, it just can't really be talked about in depth with somebody who is not a part of this world, who has no interest in this world, who doesn't even know that this world exists, you know, right. even if you've come in close quarters with it, that other side, you know, it's, it's just something that is just indescribable about the connection that we have as HBCU band members. And especially when we join these fraternities and these sororities and these organizations, the, the bond just gets deeper. Right. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and so I'm I'm very very thankful for very thankful for you um, about this iconic friendship. And speaking of icon, <laughs> I know where this is going. I know where this is going. Speaking speaking of icon, I love her. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't even got to say her name. It's just like she liked one of my posts, and I I just. I I just got my life. I, I just I received everlasting life. She liked a post. I saw that. She liked it. Yes, she liked it. And I was just like, oh, you're everything. Like, can we be BFFs, please? Like, yeah. So anyway. Right. So, so for those that are listening that it might be like in the dark, just let them know like who we talking about here. Go ahead, Amber. We are because <laughs> you know I'm finna go off. Um, we are referring to the icon, I, uh, the the mother, the legend, Laomi. <laughs> I mean, I did just, it? I mean, like, why don't you tell? Why don't you tell them about her? Huh? People tell people about Laomi. Girl, if you don't know about Naomi right now, like I, I'm gonna need you to. But they don't. Just assume they don't. Uh, and that's why I'm mad. Um, but no. <laughs> so Laomi, Laomi Maldonado is a uh, a transgender woman of color who is a a voguer. She is in the uh, in the ballroom scene. The uh, ballroom scene is something that developed in New York. Uh, I want to say eighties or seventy seventies eighties. Yeah, mid eighties, early nineties. And you know, like when you think of voguing. When you think of ballroom culture, she is one of the names that automatically comes out of your mouth. She's worked so, so very hard. Um, I have, I've known about Laomi and let me see, when was it? It was, she and Vogue Evolution was on America's Best Dance Crew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they intrigued me. You know, some people, you know, and even myself kind of thought it was something to kind of, you know, pick on and make fun of or whatever. It's like, oh, you see these, you know you see these gay guys on the screen or, you know, these, this transgender woman on screen or whatever, this is like, no, 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 no. It, it goes way deeper than what you think or what you know. And, you know, over time, it's like my, my love and respect for that group had just grown. And Laomi, she stood out to me so much. Cause I'm like, she, how does she do that? Yeah. You know, she and it's really, she's a, <sighs> I guess as a dancer, she's a really good dancer. She she's she's just on another level. She's on she another really level. is, and yeah, dancing, uh, voguing is definitely considered. Uh, it is a form. Of, I won't say is considered is a form of dance. You know, mm-hmm. you have to 
definitely be, you know, dedicated to the craft because it is not just something that you can get up and do. You know, kind of it's the same thing with uh with Marching Man. It's not something you can get up and do unless your life was just written out like that. Then, you know, in that case, that that's fine. You know, there was um when you talk about iconic people or people that, you know, name just automatically brings uh respect. One of the guys in my section, um, he came way before me, uh, his name was Terry Sykes. And he had never picked up an instrument and never marched in band until he had gotten to college. Wow. You know, and he played wow. uh he played third, he played third trumpet. Mm-hmm. And now now it's like whenever you hear Terrence, because you don't see Terrence very often. Mm-hmm. You know, so when he does come up with his half drink bottle of Pepsi, that is always it always seems to be that Pepsi bottle. I always pick on him about that Pepsi bottle because it seems like it's the same Pepsi bottle. And it seems like it is at the same level. Like you just drank that much and you just carried that Pepsi mm-hmm. bottle with you for the rest of your life. Because every time I see him, it is always half full. <laughs> but anyway, let me ask you this: When are we gonna go to a ball? I want to. I want to see. I need to see this in person. Oh, girl! Did you? Go- I am actually going you went to New York. No, I didn't have time because a lot of the a lot of the balls were on Mondays, and they didn't really have them very, very often at the time that I went. I think they were switching venues uh, oh, at okay. that point. But I did go to uh, a vote class of hers that was on Monday night and it was held in just enough time for me to, you know, kind of go, go home and not be tired. Wait, no, that's a lot. I was tired as on the watch. But okay. So if I was to take a vote class, I would look like a complete idiot. See, that's you why you're not, not. going to be, ma'am, I have no rhythm. Well, I do have rhythm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my, I'm, I'm rhythm deficient. I, I'm going to say that. Well, no, that's not true. That's not true. I'm just not a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you would go because it's yeah, a, just, it is oh a beginner's God. class. It is a beginner's class. And she ha- she holds a couple of classes uh, during the week, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and she's a very good teacher, very good instructor. She's very patient. You know, she's definitely serious about, you know, her craft and what she does. But she makes everybody feel welcome. She makes everybody feel really good about themselves. You know, she'll guide you. She'll teach you. There are, you know, other people in the class who are, you know, some of them may have, you know, gone to her classes a couple times, you know, or, you know, have been just about every time that she has a class over weeks, months, years, or however. And everybody encourages each other. You don't feel out of place. You don't feel left out. You don't feel behind. So, no, I'm going to need you to go. What y'all do, a duck walk? You do everything. So, basically, I think her... Her, <laughs> her, um, her style of uh, Vogue is uh, Vogue Femme. Uh huh. Um. So the there are five elements of Vogue. Five elements of Vogue Femme. So there's hands, catwalk, duck walk, spins and dips, and floor performance. Mm-hmm. You know. So you learn all of those. You learn all of those five elements in in classes. And when you're actually uh, learning to Vogue or become a Voguer. Um, if you're doing Vogue Femme, those are the categories that you will have to master because those are your basics. You know, it, it's kind of like uh, working, it's kind of like working in the kitchen. You know, so all these different things, you know, knife skills, all these different things are, are basics. And you can't really do anything else advanced until you know your basics. So right. those are those are things that you would that you would cover. So it's Oh, it was so much fun. I was 
so sore when I woke up the next day, but I felt great. Yeah, I, I can imagine you working muscles that you didn't even think you had trying to like, right. pick up them dances and stuff. So I'm intrigued by this. I didn't even know those muscles existed. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's very intriguing to watch. <laughs> Especially her, man. I would look like an idiot, man. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You would have to come. Like we have to go. Um, I'm actually kind of sad I missed uh, latex ball because, like, latex ball is like one of if not the biggest uh of you know of the scene so i'm actually kind of upset that i wasn't able to go but you know i saw some of the clips and you want to talk about getting into a youtube spiral mm-hmm. and we would just sit there and let hours go by and you're just watching vogue videos vogue clips on um, instagram oh girl I, yeah i watch that all the time <laughs> yes and, you know, like, every now and again, like, videos would go uh, viral, and they go viral again, and they go viral again. Like, um, she's just, she's just everything. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't. So the, the biggest thing that she has done to date, uh, she actually just got signed with uh, Wilhelmina Models as a fitness oh. model. And right before then, she had uh, an ad she had two ads. She had one for Kempton, uh, Kempton Hotels for uh, Pride Month. And she did another one with uh, Pride Month for Nike of all companies. Right. And I, I cried. Like, I tagged you. I tagged some other people to the video. I reposted it. And I'm just sitting there just watching it on repeat. I'm just like, this cannot be real <laughs> right now. Right. That's dope. And I, uh, and I say that because, like, corporations, you know, sometimes they just jump on stuff, and it's like, well, you know, why are you advertising for Pride Month? And you, you know, you, you don't care about such and such. But like a company like Nike does their homework, and then, you know, they're not just so for them to like go get someone that's considered an icon in you know in, in a voguing space for that. That's kind of that's that it kind of shows. Okay, well, yeah, they're not they're not they don't just play around and throw money at it. And just throw up an ad and put a little heart, you know, rainbow in it. You know, they really about that, right? Absolutely. So, shout out to Laomi. Shout out to the scene. Shout out to the ballroom. Y'all are absolutely wonderful. Um, to all my uh, LGBTQAI folks, I love y'all. I absolutely love y'all, man. Like, I uh, why is she? Why is she? Why? <laughs> That's all I can say. It's just why? Why is she? <laughs> yeah. But um, so Christy, what's next? What's next with me? What's next with me is finishing this dissertation. That's what's next with me. That's really all I've had on my mind. I'm I'm in I'm in graduate school and I'm done with school, so I can move on with the next phase of my life, whatever that is. <laughs> right, maybe run it, run another marathon because you've ran some marathons, man. I've done half marathons before. I've done five half half marathons. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't want to train for a full, a full marathon. I'd love to do like one full, just so I can have the sticker to put on my car. But I would um I want to do one full, and I don't want to start training for that until after I'm done with school. So you know that's the top priority. That's why, ironically, I know we're talking about band and everything, but. I don't feel like this year I've really been on my A game as far as like band. I mean, I ran into people yesterday and they were like, 
oh, which games are you going to? Which I haven't even looked at that. Like that's it's it's funny. Just it's not on my radar screen. It's just not. It's I love band and I'm always be a band head, but it's just not on my radar screen. Um, because so that's that's that. Um, what's next for me after that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long the fifth quarter will be around. Um, I'm thinking. I don't know. I I, I feel kind of like stuck in the in the sense that I just have I just want to finish done with school. Um, and then I feel like my mind will be clearer once that part is over with, so then I can move to you know whatever whatever's next. I would love to write a book though on my experiences as a bandhead traveling to games, the people that I've met. I, I would love to write a book. I would love to write a book on it. And I don't I don't know if I would want the book to be like a memoir kind of deal or if I would want it to be like a fictional book that's based on some of the huh. experience I've experiences I've been through. Um or the things that I've seen. But I'd love to like get that down on paper. Um before, you know, I, I, I lose it. You know, I just would love to I'd love to do that. We gotta get so, you a writer or something, so it could be like as told by or as told to. Yeah, and then, no, that would be good. Yeah, too. and then if if it's fiction, then you can get like a ghost writer, somebody that's in a certain genre or something. Um, as long as right, yeah, right, yeah, as long as it's not like band erotica or something like that, because you know, I, no, 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 okay, no, 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 no. Because Lord knows, because Lord knows, we already have enough stories. They don't need to be put on nobody. <laughs> we got stories, and I'm thinking about it. It's more of like I would want to do something fiction because I would want them to be my stories and then stories that I've heard from other people. But I don't want to like put them on blast like that. So you know, I would say I would love to do that, like a That's fiction great. book. I feel like the stuff that. I feel like the HBC band community, I feel like we could have a show, a TV show, like a scripted show, kind of like the quad, but it just be like HB, it just be like band stuff. That's, I, I feel like we have that, that. Who would you, if you could pick, <laughs> if you could pick the cast, who would be in it? Oh, Lord. Who would play me? Well, I'd have to think. If, if I wanted to have somebody play me, I, I wouldn't want I would want it to be like when I was still in my 20s. <laughs> so it would have to be somebody that's like in their 20s or at least look like they're in their 20s. Uh, who the cast? What, give me like, a, like real actors and actresses or what people, like who would be in my... I guess kind of both. Like, okay, like if uh, you would have somebody play... I feel like there may be certain people um, who can only play themselves. You know, like, you know, you have uh, Stan Lee in the Marvel comics, like Stan Lee as himself. You know, you would have, like, uh, Mr. Harold J. Hall as himself. You know, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Phillips as himself, that type of thing. But yeah. for people, um, I-, I don't know. It's like, Issa Rae got to play somebody. Like, we, we just got to find the money and the coin for some for her to play somebody. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, don't, I feel like I have to write out the story first before I say that. Oh, yeah, um, very true. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, all the stuff that I've seen and all the stuff that I've heard from other people and other people tell me these stories, I'm like, we need to get this down somewhere on paper, like <laughs> get it down somewhere. So I would love, I would love to write a, like, a book on on that 
And maybe I will do that. Maybe I will do that. Well, we will definitely be looking forward to that. And I want one of the first time cops. I'm not going to say the first because I'm pretty sure, you know, you'll probably give it to like your mom or dad or somebody. Just just yes. include me in the first hundred, uh, hundred signed copies. That's, that's all I ask. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So we're going to move on to this bullshit. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dealing with this aftermath of Charlottesville. Um, for those who may know, I I work for a food service company for a for a corporate uh corporate company, and then I also have another job in in retail. And the entitlement that walks past me every single day is enough to really make you want to go up somebody's head with spatula. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, and it's like everybody looks the same. It's the same khaki pants. It's the same belt, the same button up, the same haircut. Mm. Right. Right. Well, let me tell you about Charlottesville. Charlottesville, I really liked, I really, and I still do, I like Charlottesville. Um, I used to work at James Madison University, which is in Harrisonburg, which is about an hour away from Charlottesville. And I used to go to Charlottesville all the time. Um, well, not all the time, but, you know, enough. So, first of all, I would fly out of Charlottesville because the airport in, like, the the, um, the valley area where I was living, like, near Harrisonburg, it, the, the, it just cost too much to fly there because there were so few flights. Um, so, I would always fly out of Charlottesville. Um, and Charlottesville would be the place that I would go to get my little bit of black culture. I mean... They had a black radio station. They had R&B radio station. Harrisonburg did not. They had African-American festivals. I remember me and my buddies, you know, we would, um, other other African-American women that lived in Harrisonburg to get a little bit of black culture. We would drive to, hit to um, Charlottesville and, you know, hang out there. And I like UDA's campus. I've hung out there a couple times. I mean, I really like Charlottesville. And so to hear that stuff going down, it, like when it all when it all went down, I was I was like, man, like I really have a personal connection to this. And even I mean, I've even been on like um, girls trips. Uh, I've get, I've been on a girls trip before, you know, done the whole winery tour, and you know, so I really like Charlottesville. So to hear that this was happening there, I mean, am I surprised? Absolutely not, because nothing surprises me. But it was still kind of disheartening to hear that it was happening there, and. Um, I just, you know, I I just, I, I can't deal with, with this person that we have in charge running the country. Like, it's just, it, and the fact that he said what he said to say that, you know, all the drama was happening on both sides. Like, it was from, it was from both sides or whatever quote he said. I can't, I can't recall it. He, I, I just can't. I, I cannot. I, I absolutely cannot. I yeah, it, it, it shows how tone deaf he is. It shows, you know, you know, it's funny. I've seen this happening a lot, too, on social media. A lot of people are retweeting old tweets from, like, Hillary Clinton from, like, before Election Day or when she was running. And they're going, she warned us. She was right, you know. She really warned us. And I'm like, I'm just laughing at all this. Like, you couldn't just see that from, you know... It, you couldn't you couldn't have told that from like when he decided he when he said he was going to run or or when when uh you know when he was doing all that birther stuff uh, about the birth certificate but you know you're like oh she warned us i got to tell you something that just angers me about him 
and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it as much. Remember when he was running and he made fun of that disabled reporter? I was just like, really? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how can you, how, what kind of person are you to like mock a disabled person? Like, yeah. and, this is and, one of the few people, people in a public position or public, you know, in a public space, a celebrity public office now that has a resume, not just a list, a resume of people he's offended. Right. Like, the, like there's, there's not one single, you know, disenfranchised group, minority group. There's no, there's not one group. He's offended scientists. He's offended teachers, music teachers, right. uh, the military. There's, and people say, oh, well, he's equal opportunity offender. No, he, he offends everyone. Everyone, right. people that are marching and and voting for him and rallying for him, he offends them. But they're like, well, uh, we, you know, they just don't want Obama. They just they said that they're gonna retaliate. We're gonna get the most anti-Obama person retaliate mm-hmm. for eight years of Obama. Yeah, well, they're just so well, they really are spite in the face because they, you know, they 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 really, you know, I mean. Tch. They pretty much taken a chunk out of this country's ass just to right. just to say you know no to no Hillary or no emails or whatever the hell they're trying to say. But now it's like okay, they've empowered all these the Nazis and these KKK groups and these radical groups. <laughs> they, they, when Obama was president, they wasn't descending on no um, Charlottesville over no statue, right? Uh, that that was not happening. But now you know they feel bold enough to do that. I mean, oh, you know, just the the privilege. I I just can't. I... Amber, you're talking about working within those spaces or, you know, kind of seeing, kind of being up close to a lot of that. Because a lot of us kind of see it from afar or have to deal with it because it's like, well, that's all the news. And then, you you know, you get those weird looks from people you work with, but it's not the same as like, oh, uh, you know, kind of being right there with the people, you know, that that will come out and say things or, you know, or that are like, I mean, uh, how have you been able to kind of cope with that? Or, you know, is that something that, you know, you you're still trying to like deal with that on a regular basis. Well, the way did I see it? Well, first of all, you know, um, for, oh, I'm sorry. That's for either of you, you know, you go ahead, Amber. So for me, I, I work in food service, you know, it's something I've been doing for the greater part of eight years. You know, I, I have a degree in culinary arts, you know, so I'm, I'm currently using my degree in, uh, in my positions in both of them. So my entire career is based on servitude. So no matter what somebody does, you know, they can be a career counselor, they can be an engineer, they can, you know, work for, you know, these corporate companies. Everybody has to eat. Everybody needs groceries. Everybody needs food. Everybody needs something. So I'm, and I'm in there. I'm I'm doing that seven days out of the week, nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And when I work, uh, my my day shift, my day job, you know, you get the most disgusting looks I've ever seen in my entire life. And this is not the first time that I work for a food service company in in corporate America. You know, because basically, I, I work in the position of of servitude. That's what I do. I serve people, and so people who are looked at as you know people in in service or the help, especially when it comes to food service, they look at you like you're you know pretty much the bottom of the barrel, right? You know, so and you have to look at these people every day, and you kind of have to bite the bullet, like saying you know, you know, just click it on, put your game face on, get the money, get the money, get the money. 
Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's not worth it. And I really have, and it's become to a point where it has affected my job and it has affected me as a as a person because I'm just. Do y'all not see what the fuck y'all are doing? Right. Like, it's like you do see what you're doing and you don't care. And the reason why you don't care is because you know that I or somebody else is going to have to come in here and do it again and do it again and do it again. You know, not realizing that I don't need you. You need me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So without me, you basically have nothing. You know, if I... Right had the keys to whatever business that I work in and I say you know what we're not we're not open today you know for one person they may be like okay I'm gonna go somewhere else but for somebody else that may be their entire you know that may be how they eat that day mm-hmm. you know so I can't base my emotions off of one person but the fact that that one person is now a thousand per day and it's those right. same people. And sometimes it's because you're a new face. They don't really know you. They may not know how to approach people. But you get... And, I, and I, I'm i probably going to remind myself. I have to remind myself. I'm going to listen to this podcast again later. To get a clicker. To get a clicker in my hand to see how many of these mm-hmm. I get a day. That thin little thin, tight lip, little smile, little smirk that they give when you speak to them. And some people won't even look at you. Some people won't even speak back and say hello to you. Like, that's just common courtesy. And these people do not have it because they don't have to have it because it does not affect them. Right, right, right. You know, it's so kind of working, you know, I said it's kind of working within whiteness. You know, it's the conversations that you have with your coworkers. It's the conversations that you don't have with your coworkers and the people yeah. around you because they don't want to get political, whatever the fuck that means. You know, it's those conversations of people who will say one thing and do another. And I even said, you know, I said this to somebody else. It's these same people, um, particularly white people, particularly white men and white women. Like I don't know which one is the worst. Jesus Christ. These same folks that will sit up there and call you everything but a child of God you know, hit the hard ER on that ass. Mm-hmm. But then we'll be on these forums and these websites looking for their beautiful black queens late at night. Oh, see. Mm-hmm. These are the same ones. There was a girl that I went to uh, that I went to culinary school with and she ended up marrying a, a guy who was a flat out racist. This girl was black. How you gonna I don't get that. Does not compute. <laughs> oh yeah, like I was fed up with him long time and like I you know we would see each other in the hallway you know we would joke and play around or whatever but you know we added each other on social media wrong thing to do because him and the whole aftermath about Trayvon oh lord I I probably would have killed him and I really can't say whether or not I feel sorry for old girl because one you married him and you knew or whether you just pretend that you don't know because after they finish with us, he's going to come for you. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's like these conservatives that are like a lot of these, uh, you know, people that are in the Senate or in Congress or something that, you know, they won't denounce Trump or they'll say, oh, um, what he's doing is wrong. But, you know, like, where's the impeachment by this time? Like, where's, you know, like, where's all, where's all, you know, where, where's the call for, you know, having him step down because he's an embarrassment to this country or because of the lives that are going to be, that are going to keep being lost. 
over their neglect and responsibility. It's because they just apologize and make excuses and say, well, hey, well, you know, uh, that's just their way or something. I've learned long ago that, you know, with racist, right. racism, there's no rationale with that. You know, right. like, as, as soon as you come across somebody that's like that, that, that just hates people for just being, you know, for being non-white. I should say most for the most part, but or for being black or for being brown or for being, you know, it's like as soon as you have that hate for somebody, then there's no rationale. So, you know, they'll be the same ones that will go to, you know, uh, the, 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 the websites, you know, worshiping black bodies or, you know, or trying to chase, chase black women or trying to like, you know, or trying to basically integrate into culture. They're playing, they're playing hip hop or they're playing like, you know, things that are rooted in black culture. They, 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 they basically speaking like, uh, you know, that, that comes from like, uh, whether it's black culture or even LGBT culture, don't even know it. But at the same time, they're, you know, it's like, it's a part of integrated part of their lives in their country. You see the guys that were protesting. Well, they have tiki torches. Right. <laughs> the tiki company was like, we are not associated with races and with all this. And the fact that they got to say that, you know, like they went to Walmart just to let's grab the first torches we see, you know. And so I'm sure somebody was like, these are tiki torches. Don't matter. They burn. Just ignorance. Nah. Yeah. So and speaking, speaking of ignorance, who going back to ban politics and the ugly side of it? Um, there is a company. And I'm pretty sure you can divulge. Yeah, you can divulge a little bit on that. That is pretty much feasled their way into this culture and is trying to profit off of it or is profiting off of it in the worst possible way. And the fact that it's almost, I guess from my perspective, it seems like there's almost nothing that we can do about it. So can you can you expound upon that a little bit, Kristen? Okay. I don't know all the details, but just to give a little background, I know that black college, one of the things that makes black college bands unique um, and why we are loved so much is because, you know, instead of, well, in addition to playing, you know, like your standard marches, like by John Phillips and those kinds of things, you, um, black college bands play top 40 R&B, hip hop, pop music that's out now, music that was out back then, but it's like popular, it's popular music that we all know. So with that said, um, there is a company that has come on the rise called Trisona. And so just, um, I know that black, I know the bands, period. Anytime that you perform um, like a popular song, bands or groups are supposed to pay fees, licensing fees to be able to um, play that music out and having, have the artists get their get their cut. Um, the original artists get their cut. And so there's a company called Traysona that was founded by, I think it was from University of Arizona. There was some, there was some, uh, like a, a group of four guys from University of Arizona that founded this company. To me, they're basically like policing, going to, they're, they're hitting up Black Hodge bands, they're hitting DCI, which is the drum corps, you know, marching bands at PWIs, and basically policing them, trying to, trying to to get money, they they call themselves the middleman between the like the marching band and the original artists, but they're really going around policing bands, saying that if you play an arrangement um, 
that you need to pay the original artist or you need to pay Tresona. You know, I don't want to get into the particulars because I honestly don't know the, the, the particulars of it, but I know that there's a big backlash with that company um, for all, you know, from all the, the black college, well, not even just black college, band directors that they think that Tresona is trying to squash their musicality because they're not able to play these popular songs without the fear of being hit with a fine for Tresona. So I, I just looked at, um, I, I just did a quick search and one of the things that came up was a case where they were ruled, it was ruled against this company, but they actually filed suit against a high school vocal music coach. Like, so they're, they're hitting up all different levels as far right. as like, and, and you know what it's called? I, I think it's, I mean, in a way, like in terms of legality, it seems like it's correct and it's right as far as like, okay, you know, the rights, whatever. But these is these are schools, you know. Right. They're, not, they're not making money off of this, you know. The, the right. HB, these similar to athletes and how student athletes are not being paid for, you know, for for it other than well, they, they might get a scholarship or a free education. But these people that are in these bands, they're doing it because they love it, and you know, you might have a scholarship, but it's it's nowhere near the work that they put in. So th- th- it, no one's getting paid off of this. And so it becomes like, well, this is a violation of uh, our license or our fees or our copyright or whatever have you. And yeah, on paper, it seems that way, but you know, it's not, it just doesn't seem right because you're going after places, you know, institutions of education that are right. actually helping to further your music by that, you know, like yeah, how many times ha- has a single come out and you hear your band play it, you know, at school and it's like, okay, but that's the jam because, you know, the, you know, the, the single, it keeps that, keeps that music alive. But it, it just seems like this is just terrible because it's predatory. It's like, well, let's just make a company to do that. And you right, go to their website right, and you right. got all these big record labels and stuff. And it's really just about record labels staying relevant because they're dying. They are dying. Like, you know, every time Jay-Z says, look, or, or, or Beyonce says, well, we're just going to release the album, you know, on our site and not have to worry about it. And you don't have to press a CD with Sony or whoever. And it's like, right. they, they, they feel like they're losing. Uh, I mean, this is like Napster and other IP things that have got basically, you know, been battles for years and years. You know, it, it just seems wrong. And it seems like really disgusting to go after schools and after like, you know, these institutions that are not even, you know, that, that are not even making any money off of it. Right, right. It is very predatory. That's a very good way to describe it. Um, and it's it's just so unfortunate. So we'll we'll see what the future holds. We'll see we'll see what happens um, this season. And if and, and I'm praying that there's not a lot of backlash. Um, I hope Tracey doesn't act a fool about this whole thing. So we'll we'll see we'll see. Yeah, and that basically kind of ties into the whole, you know, basically wrapping up the whole thing with Charlottesville and basically people being opportunists um, in in whatever ways that they can possibly do it uh, for these fucking neo-Nazis, these racists, mm-hmm. these all these people. But then you have the not all white people crowd, the this is oh, not yeah. us. And, you know, you and I on a personal level have dealt with some of these people in our own circles or okay. in our own you know, communities or however, and I'm so sick of these hoes. And (laughs) and I'm I'm just so, I'm so sick because it's like, you're doing absolutely nothing. You are doing absolutely no work at all. And this, you think that this saying this is pretty much absolving you of any type of fault or any type of guilt or any type of work, just because you yourself have not done or said any of these things. And that is the, that cannot be further from the truth. So the fact that, you know, you're saying, oh, this is not a, yes, the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Because the fact that you're not saying anything, right. you're basically complicit to anything you're that cool. is going on. Yep, you know. I don't know, but but don't 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 you guys remember? Uh, you know all those uh, women. Uh, you know the the, the, the that put the vaginas on their heads and went out to DC and like said. And see, that's why I'm so not here for that. I I think that you know what I, I do know that there were people that really did have the best of intentions with that, and they really. I agree. Yeah, what, what's 100 minus 53 percent? Because I think those were the ones that had the good intentions, right? Huh. Right. Right. Yeah, and, and these people, they, they don't, they have no concept of intersectionality. And, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a woman, and I'm, I'm proud to be a woman, um, but I, I'm a black woman in America. So, you know. I, and I'm I both of those at the same time. Right, right. And you so. Know? And it, it goes back into uh, what we were saying earlier about people kind of, you know, dipping their toe into these spaces and kind of, you know, just taking it out when they want to, you know, you have folks that are kind of embracing or, you know, embracing the culture when they feel like it, you know, just because you have access to blackness that does not equate you to comment on anything that we have going on as if you have the solution, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to need you to set this one out. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's like, you are not going to give your opinion about something when it was not asked for. Right. Yeah. You know, or, and yeah, what is it? Um, you, you pretty much want to shut up and listen because uh, who's been telling you this long before before you figured it out and decided that you was going to march or speak out against uh, you know against Trump or against all these things that are happening? You know, which group was it? Uh, let me tell you, it wasn't. It wasn't even black men because we had to listen too. It was black women, right. yeah, right, and, 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 and trans, you know, and so like Cis, trans, non-binary, yeah. all of us. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it, it, you know, when 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 people say, "Look, we didn't warn y'all, we didn't told y'all," that is that is not just us, you know. Just that's not just you know our sisters basically saying it to be right. It's because it's the facts, you know. It's because you know people saw this coming, but you know a lot of people were like, "Oh, we'll give them a chance and let's you know like to see the good in people," you know. See, so I mean. This is the time now for, for for people to go. Well, you did warn us, so you know, help us figure it out. What do we do now? Or just mm-hmm. sh- shut up and listen, because the people that you want to have as your leaders, they're not leading. You know, right. what are they doing? Right. It's exactly. And so, shout. Uh, I was watching. What is what is the name of the YouTube series? Uh, the Grapevine. Um, the guy on there, Mouse Jones. Shout out to Mouse Jones. Um, it was the it was the Hotep episode, and. You know, we were sitting there saying, you know, uh, black men, uh, black gay men and black women, you know, they shouldn't be leading because, you know, this, 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 this. It was like, okay, why shouldn't they be leading? What are you doing? Right. You know, what what gives you the the right, you know, the authority or even the privilege to say, hey, I think I should be leading because this is this. If I have training to drive a forklift, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hand you the keys to the forklift just because you whine and beg and moan and scream about wanting to drive the forklift. Simply because you want to drive the forklift, you do not have the range, sir. I need you to sit the fuck down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember vividly because I was there, and uh, Chrissy, you might, y'all both remember this. Uh, the Million Man March was while mm-hmm. I was at college. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing we, we did when we got back, because I remember, too, getting on the bus and going, it was like, well, all these brothers, all these black men getting on the bus and going, and you see a black men, and there were women out there, too, and there was women on our bus, too, to go out there from Virginia State down to D.C., and coming back, and we were like, well, what's next? What do we do next? What do we do now? And they even told us at the march, yeah, well, and then we go home, we got to treat our women better, because our women going to be behind us. And, and I just kept thinking, all this time, all the way up until now, what have we done? as black men to advance us to the point where we are now. And honestly, I mean, there have been a couple of things here and there, but really it's always been the black women. It's right. always been, you know, those that have had to step forward and really take, you know, the, whether it's uh, persecution, oppression, all these things, whether it's from white men, from white women, from black men more than anybody and still survive and still lead and be strong, you know, to, to, to bring our people to a point where we can say, look, we are leaders in these spaces. You know, our president, not not this president, because he ain't our president, but the, right. the, the last president, yeah, our president, you know, he'll even tell you that he's being led by black women in his house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's being led by a few black women in his lifetime. And, and you know, he has a deep respect for them. And, and, and people are like, well, you know, finally a black man. No. Nah. No, he 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 would not have gotten there if not for you know uh, the 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 strength of the of you know his wife that was right there with him and who could easily run for the office herself if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm gonna send a shout out to all of all of my black women. You know, all of y'all cis trans non-binary. I love each and every one of y'all, even you know just just to this day. Shout out to the women who are doing the work. Shout out to the women who absolutely refuse to do the work because they've either done enough of it and they said they're not doing it anymore mm-hmm. or because they feel they should not have to. You know what I'm saying? Like they may not be their place, not necessarily their place, but their avenue. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some sort of work to be done. But as far as like being on the front lines, because I, I will admit I'm one of the ones that was like, you know, the the women's march. You know, I think it's dope. I think it's really cool. And this, this, this. Some people were giving it the side eye. And now I most definitely see why they were giving it the side eye. Because it's like y'all was all up in arms in January, right after the election. I'm going to need y'all to keep that same energy from here mm-hmm. on out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really need y'all to bring y'all full selves. Or just sit y'all asses down and stay the fuck out of the yeah. way. Either way, it's fine with me. I don't really care. And for the men listening, uh, black, white, whomever, uh, pay attention to these black women. Get behind them. Because guess what? They know better. You know, when you don't think they, know, you know they do, if you think you know better, you don't. Go ask you. Call your mom and you ask You know what? Them. And Right. And you know what? Something about... Um, I think the women's march had actually tweeted something. It was like, now is the time to get behind, you know, women of color now than ever. And some, you know, I saw a lot of responses like, behind us for what? This mm-hmm. is y'all shit. Mm-hmm. We going home. <laughs> we had it, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's right. not my job. We, told, we told y'all. We showed up oh. and did the work as we as we are known to do, as yeah. we do all the time. Yeah. It's like the, when people Here's wanna, a broom, sis. Get to work. It's like when white people were like con- confused about racism and like we need to have our conversation about race and what they do well, on these shows, they bring on a panel of black people. Like it's our problem. It's our problem to solve. Right. Like, we got to tell you how to treat us like human beings. Like nah, nah. You know what to do. Just get get the people that involved that are, are offending and are actually you know that are actually complicit in this that are guilty of this and y'all work it out and do it now if you want us to 
you know, to, to, to give a, a certain perspective or to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, sure. But, you know, no, nah, we should be leading that discussion anymore. So, I mean, people that are in that privileged class, they need to be the ones. Like, you see now with the um, NFL and people are, like, kneeling and everything. Uh, it started with Colin Kaepernick. And that was like, there's black hit players, there's white players, there's all these different players in the preseason just kneeling. And people were like noticing like, oh, well, this white player kneeled. Does he hate the country too? Oh, no. He's it's like, now, now people just don't know what to do because it's taken a, a life of its own. And it's become more than just, oh, he's a black. He's just disrespecting the flag or something like, yeah, the people are actually listening to what they're trying to say. Right. And, and I'm all together, so. Exactly. And, you know, these conversations definitely need to be had. But we, you know, as black people, people of color should not be the ones leading them, you know, or anymore, you know, if if they were always led by us or majority led by us. Um, I was talking to um, who was I talking to? I was talking to Sophie. Shout out to Sophie. Um, We were on the plane and we were talking and, um, you know, I was the one saying, you know, like if I feel like I can kind of connect and kind of talk to a white person, you know, whatever about, you know, things that's going on or whatever. It's like, if I feel they have a, you know, a good heart, good mind or whatever, I can have a conversation with them. And she was like, you know what, that's, that's real cute for you. Good for you, but I'm not doing it. Because, (laughs) and now I can definitely understand what, you know, what she means. Like I've been understood, you know, now I I just really need to put it to action. It's like, I'm not explaining this to y'all. Not anymore. Y'all, y'all have Google just like I do. If you can Google how to navigate, you know, kind of find yourself into these black spaces, if you can find out how to, you know, whatever little stereotypical thing you think is blackness, mm-hmm. if you can find your way to that, then you can Google how to do the work and how to fix this because this is not on us as usual. Yeah. And we going to wrap it up with that. That's it. Um before we jump into like just kind of the next uh, segment, uh, I guess we should pay another bill. So for those listening, if you uh, still want to keep our podcast for you, like what you're hearing, again, check us out. CSPN.us is the site. And then from there, click on keep our podcast free link at the top of the page. Scroll down to another sponsor of ours, Amazon. Of course, everyone shops at Amazon. Didn't they just buy Whole Foods? You can get asparagus at low, low prices now. At Whole Foods through Amazon. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I know you can help us keep our show free by going to Amazon through CSPN.us. Click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Shop for all kinds of great stuff. Amazon Prime is good for you to get free two-day shipping. You can buy Amazon Echo and have somebody to talk to in your house if you ain't got somebody to talk to. Alexa is a great companion for that. And, uh, you know, just do that. Keep our podcast free. Uh, like uh, Amber said, we are going to wrap up. And, uh, you know, so I want to thank our guest, uh, Amber, uh, you know, if you want to help thank our guest here, but uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, Christy, we really appreciate you having you on and, uh, you know, have you talk with us. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, our, our next segment uh, we were actually going to have was uh, supposed to be insecure and insecure just started. So yeah. I know. It's starting in, starting in like 10 minutes because game of Thrones. Yeah. But still, all the same, like yeah, because uh, Ballers is on now, and Ballers is getting a lot of views because people are just wait for Insecure to come on. Like, <laughs> I'm not to say that Ballers is not a quality show. It's been on for how many seasons now? But uh, I'm sure it's getting right. a lot of just like in between views. Like, 
I'm just waiting for Insecure. I'm gonna just watch the rest of this till it come on, you know. So it's probably right. in the back. I got it on mute right now, you know. So I understand that completely. But, so uh, yeah. yeah, so Christy, we're definitely gonna have to play. Uh, what's the word? We might get you to join us on um, on our social media to kind of give a vocabulary uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> lesson for everybody. Yeah, definitely. You know, so. Um, I'm probably going to take, like, I know you're going to kill me, but the next two minutes to kind of go into, you know, some terminology. Uh, some we have actually used through the show. Um, like, gosh, I can't even think of any, but a even if we can. Yeah, bandhead. Yeah, so a bandhead is somebody. So, you know, like your bands, I hear, like, you're a band geek. No, I'm not a band geek. I, I just don't like that term. It's just, ooh, it makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. Band a lot, but I'm I'm a, I'm a band head. I feel like there's a difference between being a band geek, band nerd, and a band head. Uh, a band head is somebody who, first of all, I think that those are the ones that like HBC bands. So I don't hear it used, you know, any in any other um, band community. But so band head is somebody who likes bands, HBC bands, um, and follows them um, and knows a lot about them to the point that. That's all they talk about, and everything is, is just—I I don't know how to describe it. How, how would you describe a bandhead? Me, I would describe a bandhead as basically somebody who's very enthused about their program, who's enthused about uh, other people's programs, the culture, the uh, the livelihood, everything that surrounds the HBCU marching band experience, from the folks on the fields to the folks in the stands. You know, like everything about it, they just love. They love the culture that surrounds it. Um, something that I definitely <laughs> know that you and other bands, No Shade, are famous for being. Even though they're they're quite tasty in this way, in this way they are not. Uh, somebody's band or program being fish sandwichy. Can you describe <laughs> that for us? Well, I-, I described it to somebody the other day, and I was like, fish sandwichy is kind of like meh. It's like, you know how people say meh? Yeah. It's like it's like between meh and whatever. Right, so, okay. So it's not yeah, it's not yeah. it's not overwhelming, but it's not like janky or nothing like that. Right, right, right. It's just meh. It's it's no it's worse than meh, but not whatever. So okay, I'm gonna try to use it, you know, like so and so's bandit, you know, that their, their dancing team was fish sandwichy and best. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> I never get enough of it. Hey, I like a good fish sandwich though. Yeah, so I, I understand it's it's somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, it's kind of like it, it was it was fish sandwichy at best. I mean, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've had some fish sandwiches that were like off the chain. So it's it's no shade to fish sandwiches. Mm-hmm. However, comma, yeah. However, comma, this is not a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. Free post. <laughs> okay, so free post. I feel like it started from the fifth quarter. So. People would post on our forums to get their post count up because they felt like that was a way of, like, clout or, you know, being recognized. Um, And so they would, you know, when something's kind of lame, you say free post because it's hard to explain it inside joke, you know. Yeah, very true. Yeah, because it's like you're, you're trying to get your post count up so you're like okay I'm gonna just I'm gonna just say this to get my post count up it's it's kind of an inside joke but yeah free post so whenever something is lame you're like okay free post 
Okay, it's just like hijacking the thread because like the original post was whack, so everyone just comes in there and just puts their post count up with like memes and stuff like that. You got it. You got it. It's like on Twitter where somebody like tweets something idiotic, and then people just uh, we have a mentions party. So we're like mentions party. What's up? You know, you all these get the the original post was just like it's asking the question like, well, three name three three rappers better than like uh, Takeoff or something, and then people just say like dialing, dialing, dialing. You know, yes, exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Pre-post. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, did we lose her? Oh, I'm here. I'm oh, here. Okay. Okay. Um, so <laughs> this is actually something I'm looking at right now, and this will probably be the last two. Swacking. <laughs> oh, funny. Um, Swacking is, so, you know, they have the different conferences. Um, and so the SWAC conference, Southwestern Athletic Conference, is known for having bands that just are more, I feel like, are more aggressive. Sometimes they use that aggression and sacrifice musicality for being aggressive. And so when you say somebody's swacking, it's kind of like they're cranking on somebody. They're being really aggressive. Um, but you don't have to be in the SWAC to, to swack on somebody. You know, it's, it, yeah, so that's kind of how you use that. Oh gosh! And what is what is your favorite one to use? We'll end on this note. What is your favorite term to use or hear? Oh man, I'm a, I, I like fish sandwichy. Uh, I like. <laughs> I mean, we we will never now. It's like me and me and my group of people. You know, I make signs to say fish sandwichy when we go to like battle the bands or whatever. So we hold them up when somebody does something fish sandwichy. I mean, I, I just I just like it. It's and it's funny to me. It's it's just really comical. So I'm a, I'm gonna go fish sandwich. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up. Episode 58 is in the books. Thank you, Christy, so much for coming. Thank you you for spending your time with us. I know you're looking to be with the wrap it up sign, kind of lighting up in the background. Well, (laughs) maybe, but you know, Insecure comes on, so you know, Insecure is everything, so I I gotta be locked and loaded for that. Oh, Christy, right. My my nerves are already bad. Christy, right fast. Um, Any last words, shout-outs, or anything you want to tell the people before you leave? I want to give a shout out to just the bandhead community, HBCU yes. bands, HBCUs, period. Um, I love us. And um, yeah, give a shout out to anybody who's listening, who enjoyed this. Um, I had fun. Great. And to remind people, the fifthquarter.com, that's your um, site? Yes, it's my site. Um, or you can just add it on um, Facebook. I mean, yeah, we have a group on Facebook, so you can add it there. And just come along and talk about bands. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining us. You've been a fantastic guest this weekend. We really had a good time talking to you. Thanks. All right. So that was, we had Christy Walker. Again, you could check her out at the fifth quarter. It's the the number five, thquarter.com. Check out that historic uh, website and message board. Uh, They've been uh, going at it since 1999, uh, keeping tradition and culture alive for bands. And uh, Amber, I want to thank you for having her on. I mean, you know. Thank when you said, so much for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, when I said you got the captain's chair and you can just pick pick whoever you want, you really you really picked a good one there. So like the whole time I'm the back, I'm just cheesing. I'm like, yo, this is good. This is dope. I like this, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, so I th- I think you guys had a great conversation. It was good getting to know her. She's an old head like me, so I'm definitely going to be uh you know chopping it up with a, a lot more uh, about the you know coming up back in the 90s uh before back when we had like uh the whack websites you know uh, oh y'all, my god y'all, y'all got a good y'all had site builders and the facebook and the myspace and all that stuff <laughs> oh no you know? i actually had a, a geocity site with like all of uh all of my friends yeah 
when I was in high school. This is my tenth grade year when our school gave us laptops. Yes, yeah. Shout out to um, <laughs> I forgot his name, but he had a page called Mandingo's Page of Stuff, and that was like the dopest GeoCity site. And that was on the yard at, at Virginia State. You know, when we when we was getting the computer lab and everything, and like I would look over his shoulder, I'd be like, "Yo, I want that," because he had the graphics and all that stuff. He had glitter graphics before MySpace and all that stuff. It was dope. Um, yeah, so uh, let's let's just close out the show with uh, you know kind of our last words and shout outs. Uh, anybody you want to shout out this week? Um, so shout out to you again, Classic, for uh, letting me sit in the captain's chair. It was fun. Um, shout out to Christy, my friend, my sister, our guest this week. I had an amazing time chatting it up with her as I always do. Uh, shout out to CSPN. Shout out to all the wonderful shows that we have here. Everybody, check us out. We are dope. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's right. Always moving forward. Uh, and uh, I want to say, you know, shout out our, our wonderful network, the CSPN. Shout out to you, Amber, of course, being a fantastic co-host. I couldn't ask for anyone better uh, for, for this for this gig. Shout out to uh, you, the listeners. And most of all, and finally, uh, I want to shout out four people in particular. Um, Gordon Baker, Bone, Jerome Russell, Siege, and Beauty Jackson, a.k.a. Melanie. Uh the four of them, uh, between the two shows that they've uh, worked on together, combined uh, the Bad Advice Show and the Good and Terrible Show. For those of you that have heard uh, or might not have heard uh, this past week, both shows have announced, and we have announced that uh, you know they've they will be departing the CSPN. Uh, it's kind of a bittersweet, but uh, you know, very amicable you know sort of departure. In fact, I would consider it a graduation because uh, you know. With both shows and with all four of them, uh, you know, when we all started together, uh, I was the one that was privileged. It was like I was the one that kind of came to them and said, hey, um, are you thinking of doing a podcast? You want to do it with me? And this was back when we didn't have a network. And it was like just me and uh, Melody. We were like doing uh, 24 uh, recap shows and, uh, you know, from that old Jack Bauer, uh, you know, series. But uh, from there, uh, the Good and Terrible show was built and it became like our flagship show for the network. You know, it's how we started the network. So it was like the Good and Terrible show and our lineup started to grow and grow uh, from that. So we added more shows. The Bad Advice show was also a dream come true because I've been, you know, we all know about the Deceptic comics. Gordon, Sarone, John Minus, uh, Mike Brown, and the Dill, Dylan Stevenson, go you know city to city with their you know comedy and uh, you know kind of you know do live performances. So they come to DC or certain areas, and I'm always out to see them. You know when I can, and to, the, the the chance to have these guys that I see on stage that I keep following online as the actual you know to to host their show for them was also a privilege so you know for all these years to be able to have you know great moments from both shows to have a lot of listeners followers people that know about the CSPN through those shows has been fantastic and you know all four of them uh have been you know amazing and invaluable to our network and to me personally uh you know as far as what they've been able to contribute and um you know, I, like I said, it's a graduation for them because all four of them deserve great things as far as like the profile, as far as the attention they should be receiving, and as far as the success that they will be getting in their careers. I don't say should be, could be, I say will be. Um, all four of them are destined for great things. So um, for those that have been listening to the Bad Advice Show and to Roman Gordon and Good and Terrible Show with uh, Mel Siege all this time, you will uh, you remember these times with the CSPN that they've had with us because eventually they're going to 
eventually you're going to be paying money to have to hear them or to have to see them. And I will be looking forward to that day along with all of you. Uh, they, the both shows will be coming back soon independently of the CSPN. So keep a lookout, follow them all on Twitter and follow, you know, the shows uh, as they are released. And we will continue to be fully supportive of them in their uh, endeavors. And we wish them all the best. Thank you to Gordon. Thank you to Sarome. Thank you to CJ. And thank you to my friend, Melanie Beauty Jackson for all that you've given us for the CSPN. And as for those that are wondering, well, what's going to happen to the CSPN? We still got shows, y'all. We still got a lineup. So we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to keep giving you what you asked for, which is premium content uh, for the low price of free 99. Uh, you know, we are really trying to make sure that we continue to uh, offer something that, uh, you know, people want to hear. So uh, with that being said, and uh, in the uh, spirit of uh, the good and terrible show and uh, when it's black girl time, you know what to do. So that's what we're going to do here on the classic team up one last time. So for the classic and forever, we're going to say peace out. Bye guys. Classic Team Up!